Hello and welcome back to the Cramp in the Foot podcast. I'm Alex, joined by Owen <laughs> to talk about all the cramp in your foot today. No, hello and welcome back to Hammer's yes, podcast. It's bloody awful, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I'm back here with well, Owen. It for me. It will God, yeah. It will be for me too. Again, this is a common misconception. With total pause, I can still feel my feet. You know? It's all good. My legs aren't yeah, my legs aren't they just numb. Don't work. They just don't work. They're like they're like little. They're, they're there. Don't work like they used to before. Uh, <laughs> how, many, how many people will sing that to you? Don't Ed Sheer in me. It happens too you, often. You lose count. I yeah, I also <laughs> lost count the amount of times I was ever at a disco and like a club and five hundred miles comes on, everyone just looks at me. Um it's just, <laughs> it never ends. Um, it still makes me love that time you said to me that um you you woke up from a dream and, and thought you could walk. <laughs> yeah, I was like I just randomly got out of bed, just fell forward flat on my face. Yeah, it was good. But Owen, last time you were on the podcast two episodes ago, but that was like a month back or so for us. So, yes, it feels like ages ago. We talked about Nymons and the, the watchdog had to come out and like became really busy. The watchdog is coming out, by the way. I, just, I need time. I'm too I'm too lazy essentially. I mean, this, this afternoon I woke up at like one p.m. I just thought. Yeah. I went to bed I'm at five. I went to bed at five a.m. though. Which was just a mistake. I wasn't even on Zoom or anything. Anymore. I just went to bed at five a.m. because I was watching Netflix. Was, oh dear! It's neat. It's, I, I feel, mate, I'll be honest. Everything's gone to shit. I just I feel like incredibly. I know I finished uni for the first year. I have nothing to do. Like literally, my schedule was completely open. So I just sit there all day watching Netflix and just like. Well, I've got nothing yeah, to wake. Eyes glued to a box. I've got, I've got nothing to. I'm like, I've got nothing to wake up for. Another episode. Oh shit, it's five a.m. And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been great. Sort of um, with, with like new stuff coming out here and there. Um, so recently, we've had the series uh, "The Falcon and the Winter Soldier," uh, which I must say I thoroughly enjoyed. Yes. <clears throat> um, and uh, they they've just. Uh, uh, released some new Star Wars uh, bits and pieces, including yeah. a, a Simpsons Star Wars crossover, which I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, yes, I, I will get around to watching it at some point. And uh, a nice and, little uh, three-minute short, which is nice. Um, um, which and is, and I've know, set myself good. a task of sort of watching older films. You know, some of those classic films where people, where, where I've never seen them, and people say, "How comes you've never seen that in your, you know, 26 years of existence on this planet?" <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, at the weekend I watched uh, Planet of the Apes, uh, the the original 1960s, 70s. It's it's the Charlton Heston one anyway. Um, uh, the Poseidon Adventure. Uh, that that's the original 70s one with uh, Leslie Nielsen and uh, oh, what's the actress's name? I can't remember it. Um, but yeah, you'll know who I'm talking about um to whoever whoever's listening uh if you've seen it uh Good, and I, then i have no fucking clue yeah yeah, went on to, oh, of the, yeah nicholas Good cage get on nick cage um because i'm also in a, a, a thursday night movie group hello if anyone's listening um yeah that um uh that basically we'll have like all, all watchers they'll they'll throw into this excel spreadsheet movies uh that they think would be a good one to watch and on the list for quite some time was conair because it kept coming up but no one like people would vote for it but then it wouldn't win 
uh, and there was like a sort of a couple of people demanding you must watch Con Air, uh, but then they just did it as a sideline Sunday movie watch long thing. Um, and then my aunt went to me, "Have you ever seen Con Air?" And I'm like, "Oh, for God's sake!" I tell you what, let's just get this over with. Let's just watch it. So I actually quite enjoyed it. Is it still up for voting? Is it, it is it still up for voting though? No, no, they took it off because it was on. Oh, it was on the list for too long. Okay, so at least you're not in that position now where it's like it could get voted in next week and you've got to watch it back to back. Um, yeah, similar sort of thing with happen, uh, with one of mine um, because I put on there Sleeping with the Enemy uh, starring <clears throat> Julia Roberts and Patrick Bergen uh, and three times it came up in the vote and it, it didn't win. So they said, oh, should we just do it on a sunday uh sort of b movie afternoon so we're like yeah all right then and uh yeah they actually quite enjoyed it so that was good um a bit problematic because there's um some sort of uh domestic and uh sort of uh yeah domestic violence within this relationship and um obviously there's some things about that that are flaring up at the moment uh but apart from that yeah, really good film there. One enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also, since you were last on the show, you have been jabbed as well, which is good. To, good to hear. You have you are you've joined joined us. And, uh, well, it just, was just like, before the it, last time we did a podcast. Oh, was it? Has it been that long? It's like five weeks ago. Mm. Oh, yeah. Christ. Um, so even even my uh, Christ. I can't even remember what date I had my jab. <laughs> you need, you need, uh, you need to find one. Yeah. I... See, I, mm-hmm. I'm one of the people that doesn't get their second one booked because I do it through like the, you know, like your, your local GP. So I didn't get mine booked. I didn't go to that vaccination tent and stuff. So I was like, I've got mine booked on this day. And I'm like, I get it when I get it. <laughs> Could be after a bunch of people. Now, who knows? I had the first dose, did get the second dose of whatever it is, blah, blah, blah. But... Yeah, I think yeah. I might have had mine done. I know it was a Tuesday. Was it a Tuesday? Of course it was. Um, and it was just before Easter. Was uh, it so long Easter ago? was on the. So I, yeah, I think I had mine done on the thirtieth. Christ. Because Easter was on the second of. Uh, so the so Good Friday was on the second of April, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I would have had my jab done on the 30th. So I've got and... my next one booked, uh, 15th of June. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Christ. I'm just hoping I can still get the AstraZeneca one because I'm under 30. Fingers crossed. Um, obviously, as well, I'd rather have uh, the same jab again. Yeah, obviously, as well. BFI people have booked their tickets for BFI, they've already sold out before general admission. So, uh, balls to those people, I know, it's that mad, isn't it? but I mean, members. to be honest, it is the BFI, and I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, I, think I, mean, for most, I think for most of these Doctor Who events, anyway, people will just come down after the fact. And I, I know yourself who works at the Who shop, so you can't go to a lot of these events. So you just come down after it anyway. So, yeah, the show is, I've got my ticket. I've got a spare ticket, which I haven't given to anyone yet. So uh, I feel like a bit. Have they said um, how they're doing it, whether they're separating it into two different screens or... No, it's only one screen. It's, a, it's, only, it's only one screen. I think it was like 50% capacity, which is why it's gone this quickly. Right, yeah. Because uh, so unfortunately, unfortunately, it's on June See, 12th. They're, and not... they're, they're missing a trick there. 
if think... they separate into different screens and then obviously between different parts have the talks like in different stages so they can go from one screen and then in, when another part's finished they can then move to the next one and then so on and so forth so then you've got as much capacity for this doctor who screening as possible exactly um, and, and because the and, events and, and it, it will totally work yeah i think so because the events are so popular as well it just seems like an open mm. goal um for the bfi but yeah um so there's some more good news in the community but since we are since obviously it's the first podcast i've recorded in about three weeks there has been a lot of bad news in the who community which i feel like i need to touch on very briefly i won't touch on very long but you know to ignore it would, would not lend cadence to what happened uh and a lot of it's still ongoing uh a lot of the twitter stuff i can't really get involved in because there are a lot of names that i don't know just thank thank you to everyone that came out spoke about what happened in your experiences and hopefully twitter can become slowly a much better place i think that's just the main thing is that we need to get rid of all these horrible horrible people who think they can use it as a platform to you know to take people down and let them feel horrible and send them messages or you know make them feel a lot lesser uh you know i think that's the, that's the main thing but i know the big one that most of you want to listen to is the no clark situation look the no clark situation is this um i'm incredibly disappointed i looked up to no clark as a british filmmaker uh, as an actor as a writer and all these stories that have come out, you know, have destroyed, uh, you know, my, my opinions on him. Obviously, he's just not a very nice man who took advantage of the position that he was in. Uh, mm. Almost at every turn, by the looks of it. And some of the stories, I don't know how much of the Guardian article you read, Owen, but it made for horrible reading. Um, mm. Some of the stories that came out and how he misused, uh, you know, and, you know, he used his power to to get people to do things or say things yeah. whilst he was a married man as well um it's just it's horrible um again another situation where yeah. I mean, it's not only did he you know sort of abuse other people but he, he's abused his own power um to to get to well where he is now i mean you know he, he's got him so you know high up that he got himself a bafta award and now this has come out, it's bit him on the arse. And now, you know, now it's being taken away from him. Um, but that's all his own doing. Yeah, thankfully so. And I think that's what we need to say on the situation. Look, I will say this, though. Um, for me, it won't... This, again, this is a, a very mute point, but I've not a lot about this anyone on Twitter. Like that. It won't take away from the episodes for me because I can definitely separate myself from him as a person and the character. It's very much similar to, the, very different, but very similar to the JK Rowling Harry Potter situation, whereas I can watch those films because I know a lot of other people worked on that, put a lot more effort in than she did. Same thing with Doctor Who, where he essentially, you know, did you know, a lot more people put a lot more love and effort into those episodes that he appeared in. So to negate them and write them off would not be yeah. correct. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know how I'll view the character. I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, Nicky Smith, love him because, in terms of watching and viewing, I can I can deal with it. Look, at least now everyone can share that clip where it gets put in the bin because it's where he belongs. Um, you know what I mean? That, that you know, yeah. everyone can share that clip as long much as they want now because Russell T. Davis gave us the clip, we got put in the bin, and that's all we need. But do you want some good news, Owen? Do you want some good Go news? On. I don't know whether you Go saw on. this. Marvel Entertainment released a trailer two days ago, um, with a bunch of dates. 
and Stanley talked at the start of it and made everyone cry. Um, oh, I didn't see it. I know that they've uh, announced some new movies. Uh, one of them being, uh, was it Marvels or Marvel Two? Yeah, I will go through the dates in a second. I would recommend you watch the watch the trailer when you get a chance, even though if you, I'm going to ruin the dates for you now, just because the speech that Stan gives is so accurate. It's about loving people and being next to people and being in the cinema and all that. And it's really good. But there are so many dates. Dates have been moved. We need to talk about them. So these, this is the official Marvel Phase 4 dates, as we know. Loki has been moved to June 9th, 2021, uh, which is a Wednesday now. So they're going to come out on Wednesdays, apparently. Um, Black Widow, July so is that 7th. a movie or a series? The Loki is Loki's the Disney Plus show. You got Black Widow. It's a series. Yeah, you got um, mm-hmm. Black Widow on July seventh, which is the film. What if in summer twenty twenty one? We don't know the exact date of when that starts. It's a Disney Plus series. Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings on September third. That's a film. Eternals November fifth. That's a film. Hawkeye, which is a series. Uh, Miss Marvel, which is a series, and then the last film for the year is. Spider-Man No Way Home on December 17th. So even from July to December, we're getting four Marvel films, plus I think four's Marvel series as well. So then mm-hmm. in March 20, March 25th, 2022 is Doc Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is a film. May 6th, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, this is the new one, which we knew about, we didn't know any titles or anything. Um, on July 8th, 2022, we've got Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is the second Black Panther film. Um, uh, on November 11th, we've got The Marvels, which again is a film. Then we've got on, on February 17th, 2023, we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania, which is a film. Sounds and awesome. Guides, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on May 5th, which is also a film. Nice. So there we go, mate. Four films this year. What is out of those are you looking forward to the most? Uh, those films or series or whatever, uh, the ones. I mean, the ones that sort of appeal to me, uh, obviously, would be uh, probably Miss Marvel, Marvels, uh, Doctor Strange two, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume three. Yeah, I think for me, just out of interest, see how they handle it, and because of the emotion, I'm very excited for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Just to see what they do, how no, they manage it, and I think I think that title is a, a brilliant title. To hopefully, it's going to be a, a very lovely story about the you know the passing of T'Challa or Chadwick Boseman. Even if they go down that route of he dies, I don't know how else you'd get around it. I know they're not recasting, which is mm-hmm. good because you shouldn't do that. That would be incredibly disrespectful. So they're not got down that route. But yeah, I'm excited for that one. I think as well. Um, I mean, they're all exciting, but I think Thor Love and Thunder is going to be good because it's Taika Matiti again, helming the film. I'm excited for that. But mm-hmm. Spider-Man, I'm big Spider-Man chill. So it's so after the third Spider-Man film with all the other Spider-Men in it, um, <laughs> which is what it appears to be like. That, that also sounds exciting to me. Mm. Have you gone back and watched the older Spider-Man? <laughs> I could recommend it just in case because you don't know who could pop up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, when you say older ones, do you mean Toby Maguire or yeah, Toby Maguire mean... and Andrew Garfield because they're both in it? Um, I I saw the Toby Maguire ones at the time, uh, but I've not seen uh, Andrew Garfield. 
So, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I might pop back and, you know, have a look at those. And, and um, I mean, not the Toby Maguire, because I've, I've already seen them and I know what happens. But, yeah, I'll, I'll check back and have a look at the uh, Andrew Garfield ones. And then I'll be up to scratch uh, on those. Yes, absolutely. And I think it just shows that I'm excited to get back into cinema again, man. I know I'm going to BFI yeah. for Doctor Who, but I'm excited to go for something new, fresh, to actually... Because I, I went in, well, it must have been July of 2020 to watch Tenet. And that wasn't the same because you had to wear masks. There was distancing, um, you know. Uh, and I think we're all a bit surprised about how well the, the virus is doing in the UK at the minute, which shows the vaccines are working, which is fantastic news. Because we kind of reopened up to where we were in the summer last year and things haven't gone tits up just yet. So uh fingers crossed yeah. that we'll be last time yeah. i went to the cinema was probably back in uh august and it was basically 50 years um since elvis did his stage performance uh in las vegas in 1970 oh, yes i remember um, this and uh i i think that uh, they, they call it uh that's the way it is uh, which is so it's all on like uh, available Blu-ray and DVD anyway, um, but they did a, a screening in cinema. Um, so um, me and my brother went into the cinema to watch it. So it was all in you know HD, 4K, remastered and everything, um, yeah. and it looked amazing. But it was such a hot day, and obviously you had to wear face masks. They didn't have air conditioning. It was so uncomfortable. Um, and my brother had to go out because, I mean, he's got bad asthma anyway. So, yet he had to go out just to, you know, to be able to breathe because it was so warm in there. Um, and then, you know, come back when he was okay. Uh, but uh, apart from that, um, it, it was somewhat enjoyable. Um, I mean, to be honest, I don't really go to the cinema that much anyway i'm always like oh that that film that's coming out that looks good i need to go to the cinema to watch that um and uh yeah i, I don't ever end up going because um i can't usually find anyone to go with me and i'm usually busy with work and whatever and so i'm just watching on streaming services or blu-ray or whatever you're gonna have to uh, stop that now. You're a Marvel yeah, fan because you're gonna, you're you're gonna get spoiled to hell if you don't go to the cinema. So now you're a Marvel fan. You're gonna get everything to get spoiled. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So, so, yeah. I'm gonna have to say to people, you you you. This is this one's coming. Out, you're you're coming to the cinema with me, whether you like it or not. Enough to drive you there. <laughs> yeah. Just make sure to sit for the credits, um, and even if they're not, you're, you're not going to be busy. You will make time. <laughs> yeah, the, the the difficult thing is taking a non-Marvel fan to a Marvel film because you also have to explain to them that they have to sit through the credits. They're like, the film's over. Why why are we sat here? And you're like, but it's not over. Yeah. Wait, there's going to be an extra minute of footage, but it's going to be an important minute of footage. So you've got to wait and sit there and yeah. see. It's like I don't know what it is. Ever since I was a kid, I've always sat through the credits, just think, oh, there might be something else, you know. And it, I don't know why. I mean, not every film does, um, but it's just sort of like, yeah, something's just, just, just stay here, wait just in case, and then if there's nothing, then you know, go. Um, and so the amount of times you know I've I've watched uh, Avengers 
Um, and uh, what other Marvel stuff? I can't remember. But mainly, I saw the Avengers in in, in cinema and always sat down. And then you get the uh, sort of during and post credit scenes um, leading up to the next film. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those it's one of those things, isn't it? I mean, we even we, I mean, we got we got one. For, for in Falcon and Soldier, which we'll get to in a bit before we get Doctor Strange. I know it's weird double backing at the minute, but it was for the main the main point of this episode is Doctor Strange. We'll quickly touch on uh, Falcon and Soldier. Insert Kenneth Williams gift for saying the word touch on. Um, uh, oh. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is just a thing in our chat for some reason. Now there's like a, a crowd screaming that you insert every time that someone puts it in. You put this clip of the crowd going yeah, wild. It, it's, I think it's something that uh, uh, Kieran Hyman set up. Um, so yeah, just um, one of those uh, memes. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I think it was just like a full thing. So you got this crowd in a pub, something pops up on the screen and the whole crowd cheers. Um, and uh, and uh, Kieran stuck uh, Kenneth Williams sort of popping up in a group chat and then the crowd goes wild. Um, yeah, so that, 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 that's the new thing at the moment. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, um, you know, especially kind of for the I think the thing about group chats as well, things like that now, it's, it's I think the good thing for our chat is just, uh, especially to this crisis as well, to the whole community, we're kind of all connected yeah. in ways, and it's been this has been probably the most difficult time as as a chat to just sort of be like, we're in a shitty place apart from COVID, we're in a shitty place because of other people. So I think to you know have the memes of Kenneth Williams thing, which is uh, it's probably the only old reference I'd ever get because you know I've, I've st- I had to watch mm. a few a few you know Carry On films because like, you you and John were telling me that if I don't then and then I watched like three of them on Christmas as well because they're all on ITV three yeah. or four or one of the channels they're just on all day so you can literally just go in and out if you want to again Kenneth Williams. Um, what, but, what would you say your favourite Carry On film is? Uh, Cruising's pretty good, but um, my mum's a big fan of that one, so that's kind of probably the one that I've seen little bits See, of. Every funny now enough, and... Undyne's a big fan of that one. Yeah, I think because there's, there's always this scene uh, where you you know you know you got this sort of like the the ditzy old lady, the yeah, tiny woman, and she's yeah, 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 and, yeah. and and she she's she's sitting at the bar, and the two young girls come along, and they sort of introduce each other. And one of the girls says, "Oh, I'm glad." The little uh, woman she goes, "Oh, so am I." Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Just that like, little scene is just like to to Aunt Diane. She just finds it hilarious. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I think yeah. it's. It, I think it's the smart. I think it's like the epitome of the smart writing and kind of yeah. you know. I think, I think a lot of people could still watch that today. Even people buy it and still find it very funny because the writing's so witty and smart and. You know, they're, they're yeah. never boring. Sometimes they're they're funny because they have elements where they're just so outdated. And it's hilarious. You're right. It's your hair yeah. right. Do we, need to, do we need to take five? Um, yeah, it's sort of like parted in the middle, and it looked like I had a pair of like horns going on there. So it's like, oh, I don't like how that. many Nymons have you seen today? I've seen Owens, so I guess that's <laughs> yeah. one now, isn't it? Um, by the way, I yeah. have to apologise yeah, that Carry On films. I, I think my favourite Carry On film is probably Carry On Up the Kyber. Uh, <laughs> it's one. It's one I've not seen. But is that where the gift comes from? I've, I've not seen. That uh, no, it's not. I mean that that gift of Kenneth, I think, comes from um, 
Well, the one where he's sort of like, it's all green behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- I think that comes from a, a, a chat show like um, uh, ah. Parkinson or, or, or Wogan or something like that. Ah, um, Terry Wogan. But uh, there, there are other gifts available. Like the O Matron Take Him Away. Um, that one's from Carry On Camping. When um, uh, Barbara Windsor is doing her stretches and as she sort of lunges her arms out, her bra comes flying off. Yeah. But... Uh, revealing all. Um, which is uh, yeah, it's one of those. I mean, yeah, I think I think they're just about. We have to get round. There's so many of them though. We have to get round to it at some point in the podcast. When I've got mm. time, and I'm I'm not doing Marvel shit. Um, that's not the Marvel is shit. I enjoy it. It's just I do Marvel, I do Doctor Who, and I do things in between. I don't have any time for any more series at the minute? But speaking of Marvel, let's talk about fucking Winter Soldier, which came out weeks ago. So it's going to be outdated as hell. Six parts. Um, for me, I I did enjoy as much as One Division, but I never expected to. So mm. it was it was very good. So go wrong. It was it was never like unwatchable. I watched it and I enjoyed for what it was. Obviously, it wasn't trying to be as different though. So it did just feel like a bit of a reboot for the characters, which is great. I mean, the best thing about the show yeah. was Bucky and Sam's relationship. That they nailed that on the head, and they they made you really feel about the you know the legacy of Captain America, and they made it a different thing where. Um, they made it all about it's this interesting direction of it being about race and things like that, which you would never think about it beforehand. And then it and it becomes mm. that. And I think it's a really smart way of taking it. You know, it's not just force-fed, you know, politics. It's actually a very smart thing of, you know, obviously Captain America being Chris Evans literally being this blonde-haired, blue-eyes man who you think of like the epitome of Americana. And then you have Sam, mm. who obviously is not that. And then you find out about Isaiah Bradley and all that kind of stuff. It's it's, it's really good stuff. What did you think about it? Yeah, so when when he when he talks to the um, uh, the old guy who turns out that he was a super soldier, um, but uh, as he said that you know you could never be Captain America because you're black. Um, so obviously you know Sam's you know he's taken that on board and then thought, do you know what to hell with it? You know I I, I was given the shield because it represents something and even though he's like he, I, I think he says like he's no Martin Luther King or anything like that but in the sort of modern world you know he sort of like looked up to icons like that thinking you know you can make a change in the world you know so if you know Martin Luther King can make a, a, a change like that he can be you know Captain America and he becomes that um, because you know all these world leaders and he puts them in their place in front of you know millions of viewers on on, uh, TV exactly yeah yeah I think so and I think as well my who who knows where it will lead next yeah my MVP of the series there was Wyatt Russell was John Walker I think he was just superb but the show again was the epitome of why um, just getting somebody with a good heart and giving them the serum that doesn't make them Captain America. What makes them Captain America, you know, is the ability to to use it in the best way possible. I mean, we saw, I think, in possibly the my favorite or second favorite episode, episode four, when we have that amazing visual of the shield with blood on it, and it it's like you know, after um, John mm. Walker has just decapitated someone with the shield, 
um you know i thought that was really good but i think episode five is my favorite because you get that really good scene where they fight john walker for the shield at the beginning and the entire rest of the episode is just a bunch of talking and kind of getting to know each other bucky being a massive flirt with sam's sister which is always fun um so it's quite a slow build-up really um and even though it's a slow build-up it's still you know watchable it's still enjoyable um and then you know all, all the best stuff happens you know sort of a bit later on you get a bit more action yeah. and you, as as we see you know um john john walker john walker yeah i, I just think of the alcoholic yeah, yeah. brand johnny walker and then i relate it back and then <laughs> i remember it uh, and, and yeah he, he ends up you know, killing that guy because he's uh well it wasn't him but it was the um the girl uh what's her name Oh, no, uh, Carly. 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 Carly, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and uh, she ended up uh, killing his sort of psychic. Um, and, and so, yeah, in just sort of like a, a, a grieving rage, he, he, he just ends up killing him. Um, yeah, for, for a second, though, mm-hmm. I think you said... I know you said sidekick, but I thought you said psychic. And I was like, I didn't know it was a psychic. I missed that part of the show. I questioned myself there. I said, like, did I just say psychic? <laughs> I think you did. I was like, I was like, what? Bloopers my my, my mouth doesn't work with my brain properly sometimes. Um, so, yeah, some pronunciations don't work very well. Um, yeah. For me, there was a few places where it fell flat. First of all, I think Sharon as the power broker for me, just felt like it was obvious. Yeah. And, I, and like how nonchalantly they announced she's the power broker. It's like, okay, cool. And for yeah. me, and, this, and now this she's is... got her freedom back. And, and yeah. you know, what's she going to be up to? Mm, Who knows? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I do feel bad for her because technically in this timeline, she did kiss her like great uncle or something. She did want to bone her great uncle. Because <sighs> te- technically, Captain America and Peggy got together. <laughs> And within the same timeline, Steve, Steve and her got it, attempted to get it on many times as well. So I'm not surprised the poor yeah. lady's a, a bit mentally unstable. But as well, and this is not down to, to performance and that, but the Flag Smashers had a side plot edited out because it was down to a, a virus and a, and a and vaccine. So Disney edited it out and said you have to reshoot take that subplot incredibly out of the show which is why in episode two they're stealing vaccines and it's never brought up ever again um because they had to be sure which is why you never see this mother dunya character who's gonna have a lot more screen time but and so they just killed her off off screen so yeah i don't know the flag smash didn't work for me as well as they could have but again they didn't have their full potential mm. but overall i thought it was a solid show i don't the thing with the city plus shows i don't ever see myself going back to re-watch them I sort of say there was like mid chapters, like. I mean, I'd, I'd I'd happily go back and rewatch WandaVision. So I really enjoyed that as a series. Um, but yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I I wouldn't go back and rewatch it in a hurry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I don't. I think it's one of those things as well. Like it's just a mid step, and it's really good character work. But you, 
Okay, I don't know whether enough happens for you to want to go watch it, and especially once everything is revealed, it's sort of like, okay, why not? It's going to happen. So, but overall, a solid show. Looking forward to Loki a lot more, though. I think Loki's going to push the boundaries and be a bit more wacky, which is kind of what I want from these Disney Plus shows. Give me something different to the films. Give me, which is what One Division was, and that's why I really enjoyed it. You know, give me something different. But I'm excited for whatever yeah. that may be. Um, right, Doctor Strange time. We're here. I've notoriously gone on record to that this is one of my not least favourites, but one I find most boring uh, of the MCU. Um, and one that I probably rewatched once and I went, it's fine. It's okay. But so I don't spoil it, Owen. What did you think of Doctor Strange? I love it. I mean, for me, it's probably one of my top three Marvel films. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it this time around too. I don't think I'd go that far. Because before, this was in my bottom five. Because I just... I, I thought mean, it... Because I, like, I, I really love the... Go I mean, the, the, this, like, for me, it's, it's all about... I mean, not just the story, but the visual effects are amazing. Yeah. Because um, it's like a... a kaleidoscope of reality that you've got in that sort of um mirror universe thing that's going on there um and it's it's trippy as balls um but it it just looks really good yeah no i i I, yeah that's no i think i think even if you watch this you're not a marvel fan you have to admit the effects are, are, are incredible um yeah i think I think, yeah, I think it's really good. Um, for those of you that don't know, I couldn't even remember the plot. So there's this doctor called Stephen Strange, who is like a bit arrogant. He's not like a, a, a bad person, but he knows he's good at stuff and he's a bit up his own ass. And he'll take on certain certain roles to up his career. So he won't just help people. He'll do ones that he knows he can do and do effectively. So it makes him look better. Then suddenly he's in a car accident. His hands are essentially he's had massive nerve damage his hands don't work it's all about his his road to self-discovery he ends up being told to go to this place called Camartage where he meets uh, the ancient one um, and all that and he learns the ways of magic um, and becomes a sorcerer um, but within that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors of who really is the ancient one is she who says she is does she abide by the rules she you know makes her the amazing Tilda Swinton uh, yes, absolutely. There's one thing that within this film is the cast are incredible. You've got Bendit Cumberbatch, Tilda mm. Swinton, Stuart Omegi for Rachel McAdams, Mads Mikkelsen. You know, like it's it's just it's, it's a, I can't forget Benedict Wong as well, just because it's Wong and everyone loves Wong. But um, mm. yeah, just incredible. Essentially, as well, it's about this uh, ex-student of the ancient one called Caecilius or Caecilius, depending on who you are and how they pronounce it in the film. Uh, played by Mads Mikkelsen about him wanting to appease the the ruler of the dark dimension, Dormammu, uh, and by wanting to become one of his disciples and have eternal life. Um, yeah, just that essentially sums up the film. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it, yeah. I do you know what I was of the opinion that I really enjoyed the first 35, 40 minutes before he actually becomes a sorcerer, because uh, I find I find that yeah. stuff really compelling, and I still did this time round. I think. Benedict Cumberbatch 
is incredible in whatever role he puts himself into. I mean, I don't know why they didn't just give him an English accent because the American accent ain't all that. It's fine. But mm. I just could just give him an English accent. They let Tilda Swinton be English. So. I find that wh- whatever role that Benedict Cumberbatch is in, it, it it's basically just watching Benedict Cumberbatch being Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> because he's more or less the... To me, he plays all more or less all the same sort of characters. I mean, with Sherlock, uh, Doctor Strange, he has that sort of the the smarminess, uh, self-importance, and the arrogance, and um, the ego. You know, all that going on there. Um, and he always seems to talk in a monotone voice as well. Um, are you a fan of Benedict Cumberbatch, though, or is that a complaint? At Mr. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, despite all that, he's still an amazing actor. I think. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I think. I think this, again, this film's really. This film has a great opening. Uh, well, so we get to see the visual effects, the dark dimension, and uh, Coquilius, uh and uh, we're actually seeing this book from from a uh, seeing this page from a book. But I can't tell you what the book is called. So don't remember it. Uh, even though I watched the film two hours ago can't tell you what the book's called do you remember what the book's called no not a clue let's just call it the book of uh, um, a, a, a dark dimension or something like that um... who knows um it's something and uh, essentially with that it's all about how you can open the dark dimension and that sort of thing so he steals the book there's a good bit of dialogue though which i didn't pick up on this uh, the first couple of times around where in the opening scene kaikelia says hypocrite which i never picked up on obviously that builds up to the bit at the end where it turns out that she actually is a hypocrite because she also draws power from the dark dimension i was like oh it's a good bit right in there next the weeks because mm. you would have forgot about that line on a rewatch you're like holy shit um so yeah, I thought the, the first 40 minutes are really cool because you get to see Stephen Strange, you know, be this narcissistic, but also kind of charismatic, like you were saying. That's what Benedict Cumberbatch is really good mm. at, is that he makes his like dickish characters still quite likable. Like when he's listed to like when he's like, like guessing he sort of uh when he's he's performing the operation and uh he's always got that vast knowledge uh, knowledge of music. Um and there's that sort of argument of this particular song uh, that came out in 1977 on an album and one of the other surgeons is saying, no, it came out in 1978. Uh, And he's like, no, it it came out as a single in 1978 in the charts, but it was released in 1977 on an album. Um, So I, I love that sort of thing going on there especially uh, because especially because yeah if you know Owen he loves his tunes so so yeah yeah I'd, I think yeah I think for me this is also one of the things falls flat as well just it's not it's not her fault but Rachel McAdams is Christian Palmer uh, unfortunately gets sucked under the rug a bit in this film their, their romance is very undercooked I feel especially compared to other Marvel romances that sort of it's not like they get on all the time but my, my point is is that she sort of just gets forgotten about until she's necessary again like if she popped up once or twice mm. in the middle just to kind of convey the character still on steven's mind or something i think it would work better I think it just was as well the case that even though when he was away um at uh oh what's the place called again uh cameratage cameratage um that he was emailing her and she just wasn't responding because of the bus that they had and he told her to get out. Um, 
just because it was him being a dick um, and treating her like shit because, you yeah. know, it was all about him and his self-importance, you know, and he spent all of his money um, on, you know, several different surgeries trying to, you know, fix his hands and everything. Um, and, you know, obviously she's being honest, you know, don't spend money, you know, on, you know, well, you know, don't try and spend money you don't have. Um, which, you know, is always something I've often lived by, you know, don't spend money you don't have. Um, and yeah, he just goes to be a dick and tells her to get out. And so I don't blame her for, you know, not talking from uh, to him all that time. I and think then suddenly, I think I would appreciate he, he, he just opens the portal into the hospital and he's been stabbed. So, you know, um, I think for me, there was kind a... of rekindles the. For a character, I think I would just like the scene with her on her own to establish her life. Else, because oh. you think about all these good characters in Marvel uh, films, like you're not going to remember her. She's going back in Doctor Strange too, so she does get more of a character and a bit more of an edge. Because Rachel McAdams mm. is, is is a wonderful actor and she's incredible in things like Mean Girls and things like that. Most recently, she was in the Eurovision film, which I know our friend Richard uh, really enjoys, and we reviewed here on the show. But I don't know. I think I think. She's just a bit hollow. She's there to be a love interest, and that's a bit it. You know, well, I feel like with her character, they could have done a lot, a bit more just to establish her as a character. And I, you know, because you go there and she knows, what well, her purpose is to get with Steven in the end, which she doesn't do here. I don't know whether they're still going to go down that route because they haven't spoken about her since, which I think shows her importance, but she is set to come back in the multiverse of madness, which is going to be an interesting one. But yeah, um, apart from that, they do have some really cool scenes where it's obviously, it's obvious that. Stephen also doesn't respect a lot of the the surgeons in 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 this hospital, and he thinks he's the be all and end all. So just do things himself. There's this great scene as well, which shows Stephen's intelligence. Where at the beginning of the film, one of the doctors or surgeons uh, says that somebody has died. They 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 call it. They say he's dead, and Stephen right, right says that he's not dead. And Stephen's right, and he free hands a bullet out of some, <laughs> which is it's mental. Um, he essentially just gets a pile of tweezers or whatever whatever they're called in the medical world and freehands it inside their body that pulls out this bullet. And you can see it very well represented on the screen as well because obviously this is a 12 film, PG-13 in America, so they're not going to show too much blood and guts. You get a bit of it, but not much. So they, they kind of represent it on the screen. And it's, it's brilliant filmmaking. And yeah, I think it shows it's, oh, it's yeah, wonderfully. Um yeah, and I think as well, there is this brilliant 10, 10, 15 minute sequence where he is just in pain and you do see his dickish side come out where he's been asked to do these like little exercises with this, I guess, his hand weight or finger weight or something. He's had to like stretch his fingers out to try and get the fingers moving again. He's like, this is pointless, it's not going to help me. Uh, and then this doctor nonchalantly goes, well, yeah, there's one person that like broke their back, was randomly just walking two years later. And Stephen goes, well, that's ridiculous. No, that's not possible. And that kind of sets our story in motion of Stephen then going to this person who tells him he went to this place and that's where he seeked help. Um, and that's kind of our first act of the film, which I think overall is just a, a really f interesting first act. I think it really sets up our characters a lot, especially because we haven't even met the magical characters yet, really, apart from outside the very first scene. Mm. So, I mean, it's already good. We've already got that build-up of who uh, Stephen Strange is um, and what he's about. Exactly. And I think, I think 
Benedict Cumberbatch does a really good job of, like I said, balancing sort of the times where you know he's being a right dick and the times where you sort of still feel bad for him and you still kind of have that empathy for his character. Like you see him scribbling yeah. his name down on the um on on the piece of paper and you can see where he's obviously struggled and shaking and he can't yeah. do it properly. And there's also a lesson to be learned there. When when you're driving, don't be reading your text messages or your emails because yeah, you're surely about bound to have a car crash. Uh and he did and, and yeah, look what happened to him. Exactly. It's so it's one of go. those um yeah think don't those... text and drive yeah exactly i think yeah just it's as well because he's also got this like i guess this really souped up car so he gets like an image so he's just looking at this like injury on his and then yeah, he gets his i think because if someone's sort of giving like a new a patient or something it's like no don't give me that one that's easy give me something more challenging which again shows mm. dick is shy because he doesn't just want to help people uh, i think interestingly enough as well a really good bit of writing is that the person who goes to see that was walking again was somebody that stephen strange rejected and said no i'm not going to help you mm. um like not even an attempt to he just wrote him off and said no you're stuck um which i think was a nice mm. a nice little link there to show again how sometimes stephen could just be one of the worst people around yeah, and the visuals of the the car crash scene as well. So, um, yeah, where he's texting, he's gone round someone, clipped the other car, spun off, and then just gone off the edge of the cliff face thing where the road is. Um, and then you see the inside of the car when the car lands on its front, and then the dashboard comes over, and then basically folds into his wrists and and yeah damages all his nerves and everything and proper fucks him up yeah um, you see you so see yeah i mean it's, it's good they do that slow-mo thing so you can see what's going on as well in the yeah course. i i think yeah you get kind of see like the slow decline even within the crash of his body and like it's injured i think it's what they mentioned something like 16 stainless steel pins i was to be put in his hand I, I can't even imagine the mm. pain that is 16 and yeah, it's it's awful. Um, yeah, it, again, I think I think I think the first act of this film is heavily underrated, if I'm honest, because I think I think sometimes people from Marvel films just expect this, you know, shooty shooty, uh, you know, or in this case, magic magic kind of thing. They would want that very quickly. Whereas I think oh, the fact this film takes its time, and this film isn't that long either. It's like an hour and forty minutes. It's probably one of the mm. shortest Marvel films, if not the shortest, to be honest. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah I mean, fun. yeah, it, I mean, it, it feels quite sort of lengthy watching it. But, yeah, in, in terms of time, it, it's, yeah, it's no time at all, really. Yeah, so Stephen decides to go on this journey to Camartage where he gets immediately accosted by some people in the street who break his watch. And then he gets saved by uh, Baron Mordo, played by Shuotel Ejiofor, which is always nice because Shuotel Ejiofor is brilliant in anything he's in. He's possibly one of the only good recastings in the new Lion King film. If I can say anything positive mm-hmm. about that film, it would be him because the rest of it is absolute shit. Um, but I think, yeah, I think as well, I think it's really good to show Stephen Trent to Clyde him within that scene of, he was at the start like this confident, sw- 
a man who's full of swagger and someone who believes himself quite a bit, who's just turned into this kind of, I suppose... Literally being kicked when you're down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you get to see his watch break, and I like the fact that the, the smashed glass sort of represents the, the logo of the Sanctum Santorum, so that's always nice that the watch he wears looks like he's out of... I don't know if you've ever picked up on that. That's what, that's what, the, that's what yeah. the smashed looks like, uh, which is really cool. Uh, and then we get the scene where essentially Stephen's like, what kind of, you know, healing is this? How, what, what, what do you use? What is it like? And he essentially gets his ass handed to him by the ancient one played by the amazing tools. We also get a lovely bit of sexism in there by Stephen Strange to show how much of a dick he really is because he's like, who is he? And it turns out it's obviously Tilda Swinton, uh, the wonderful Tilda Swinton as well, who is brilliant in this film, uh, like you said earlier on. Um, and then we possibly get the most visual, Im- visually impressive sequence, especially in the MCU up to this point. I think some of the stuff the in the like, sort of like Trippier's ball sequence where he's like flipping through the fucking multiverse of the Bumblefucker back and beyond and back again. Um, which is a, a brilliant turn of phrase there. Yeah, Feel there's free like to use it, it whenever you like. Yeah, there's 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 obviously the one with the butterfly and the butterfly effect. And you have the one for me is when he goes inside his eye. It's just mm. it's like oh yeah. I mean, no. I didn't like that bit because I, I don't do eyes. I'm very squeamish with eyes. Owen Luckhurst said he doesn't do eyes when he says something. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think as well, just the hands, oh, hands and the hands grew hands, which grew All hands. the hands on the fingers and then they, yeah. they grow hands and then more hands, yeah. And then all the hands then crawl up him and everything and, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's just, I think, trippy. yeah, trippy as balls. It's, it's, it's literally like a, a, a film that's been sort of set out to make it look like you're on LSD. I think watching this film would be incredibly fun while high. Not that I've ever been high, but if I was, I feel like I'd enjoy watching, yeah. especially, especially that sequence. You know? God, can um, you imagine it? <laughs> I think you'd be out for the count, wouldn't you? I'd be scared in the walls. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's, just, it's one of those things. I'm trying to remember everything. So obviously, you got the bit as well, the nice little sequence to man where he goes inside the quantum realm very briefly. And within this, you get some really cool yeah. moments where, like, they just want to talk about like the multiverse and timelines and creating ripples and stuff, which all been done in Doctor Who as well. So, us McCoy got there first about ripples. So, you, you're a bit late on that one, Tilda, mm-hmm. but we'll let you off. Um, yeah, uh, it's just it's incredible. And there's some really good camera work as well, where the, the Bordeaux's like, his heart rate is increasing. So, she brings him back briefly just to flick him away again. Um, yeah, so no, it's okay. Vroom, gone. Yeah, and, <laughs> and we also got our first look at Dormammu um, as well, briefly in the dark dimension, mm. which is fun. Yeah. Um, and then essentially, Stephen's like, "Teach me, please, teach me." She's like, "Now, nah, mate, you're you're a twat. Go away." And it sounds like he was there for like five hours or something, just outside, just waiting, saying, "Let me." <laughs> like you think you think the guy would like go get some food or something. Could you imagine being five yeah. hours outside the door? You thought like you'd give up for a bit and he go back. He probably couldn't get food. He probably had no money. 
Good point. But yeah, what's the all he had left? Yeah, he spent cool. all his uh, the rest of his money trying to get there. I mean, is that your favorite part of the film? Just that sequence alone, or I don't know. I mean, there's so many different segments in it that are really good. Um, and again, it's all yeah down to the um, the effects. Um, so yeah, there's the the bit where he's um, been pushed out of his astral body, and then and then she's you know sent him off into like the the uh, what do you call it the, the quantum realm, um, yep. and then you got the the scenes where they're in the sort of like the mirror universe, and all the sort of buildings are sort of like folding in and 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 flipping this way and that way, and yeah, it's it's and it, even like the the streets um, when the 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 bad guy uh, comes out the building and it's sort of like all the streets are flipping around and everything and the cars are dropping off the edge and back again and it's like it's it's proper like Castrovalva. Yeah, Do you know what not? I mean? Yeah, why not? A little bit of why not? That's always just good to make a Doctor Who reference it in a podcast. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit like Castrovalva. Yeah, I, I I think it's uber impressive and i think all of the crew and the cast in this film should be proud of what they made there because i think again like i said i think some of the sequences possibly in like infinity war beat this now because i think some of the stuff like on titan and things like that are just incredible use of cgi graphics it looks so real and everything there is literally graphic and and you know nothing's real but i think yeah this was really good as well um i i think i like that after the Stephen Train is at his lowest point, he's literally just sat outside the door for five hours. Um, and again, we get some nice background knowledge where, like, the H one's a bit apprehensive because she saw this in Kaikelius, who, of course, is the, you know a bad guy of the film who has who has taken taken stuff from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I think it's really good. I think again, the fact for me. Uh, which we'll get into. I, I think I can get to that. Kaikelius is the biggest problem of this film for me because he's just not in the film that much at all. <laughs> again, he's a, yeah. he's again one of those characters that just he's the villain, but because we need to spend a lot of time building up Stephen Strange as a character, he randomly pops up and you, you as a viewer have to piece together what he's trying to do because he's very he's a very vague character as well, which doesn't make it clear what he's actually wanting to do. And because we don't have much knowledge yeah. about this this side of the universe, it's sort of tricky what they're trying to stop. So you sort of have to go along with it. Um, it's sort of the big tricky thing of that. Essentially, I don't think his side of things was explained well enough. There wasn't enough time. I don't think there is a scene in this film, really, where he's by himself. I think what they say one. is that he wants to... Uh, I mean, th- th- this this is the guy with the long hair, right? Mm-hmm. And he's all in the yellow. Um, yep. He basically wants to... Um, so the, the, the big bad guy in the Dark Dimension basically wants to try and help him take over, like, Earth, because he, he's been after, after Earth so long, uh, which is why um, the Earth has that shield around it. And yep. it's protected by those various places. So uh, London, New York, Hong Kong, Hong Kong. Um, so, yeah, basically that. 
Yeah, but that's 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 too that's too complicated. Even Thanos's thing of he wants to get six stones to get rid of half of, half of reality. That's more easy to to palette than this guy wants to do this to stop this to stop this. It's like what? And I think as well for the viewers, like him wanting to join Dormammu. You don't know enough about Dormammu anyway, so I'll be like, well, why is that such a bad thing? You know, he, he lives in something called the dark dimension, so you know he's possibly not the nicest of beings. But you're like. We don't. We know nothing about this or what would happen if, if he did do this. So it, it just feels like a lot of vague. I don't. I think he could have been fleshed out a lot more. I don't think he's got a personality either. I mean, you look at some of the best Marvel villains like Loki or Thanos or Ego from Guardians Two, or even you know Hela or the Collector from Thor Ragnarok, or any of the Spider Man. Mm-hmm. You get the point. There's not enough personality there like you're not going to go oh Achilles my favorite villains because there's nothing to him um yeah I, d- I don't even really know what his skill set is I know he's very trained in magic but I think it's one thing that would be really good if he had like one of his own spells that like was unique to him because as well mm-hmm. there's some scenes in this film where Doctor Strange who literally started magic like three months ago was like defending himself from him rather well whereas like Doctor- yeah. Stevens should get his ass be be that I mean, he gets stabbed at one point, but that's after a long struggle. I think that scene should have been cut down a lot more. Um, but I don't know. I digress. I just think Kykelius falls flat for me in this film. I don't really care about him. I think the good thing is that it's Mads Mickelson who is a great actor and can give a good performance no matter what he's given. But yeah, I don't know. For me, just Kykelius is not going to be one of those Marvel villains that I remember very much. Yeah. The point we even know his name. I think that sums up the character. Like, if you don't know the main villain's name, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, myself, I'm, I'm no good at remembering names. That, that, that's why I'm mean, saying, oh yeah, the, the bad guy in the yellow, and then you have got the big bad guy in the dark dimension. So you know, I'm, I'm not good at remembering their names. Um, big, big man if, if or mom. You know, something simple like Bob or Simon or Dave. You know, that's easy enough. Um, but uh, Kykelius or, or was Mal Mamu? Did you say? Dormammu. Um, Dormammu. Dormammu. Yeah, there, there you go. See? Um, I'm no good at remembering names. So, yeah, it's one of those things. And I think I think this is where the film starts to lull a bit for me now after this scene, after Stephen joins the Sanctum, because it's a bunch of trainer montages, which obviously is necessary, but because we're Marvel fans, even at this point, we've seen a lot of this before. It's, it's different yet similar, where we essentially get a lot of time sped up through montage where a character learns their thing slowly and they start to get it and get it and get it and they get better and better and better the only interesting thing about this is is the Mount Everest scene which is a really good scene where essentially Dr. Strange isn't getting it and he's blaming it on his hands and you get this really really good moment with the ancient one where she brings this other saucer out and who she, she goes it's not your hands and he said this person will prove it and it's someone who is who is not he doesn't have another hand and he's still able to do the magic which proves to strange that it's not his hands that's causing him not to be able to do the magic it's the belief and so the ancient one just leaves him on everest <laughs> so like until you can make a portal you ain't coming back um and he yeah. does do it um but then again we go into the same formula of more montages where he does start to get it and all that kind of stuff again we get some a decent scene where he's like shaving cutting his hair so he looks all nice um, I thought it was a very funny scene where um, th- there's the whole thing with Beyonce and then yeah. um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the librarian. Wong. Wong. You can't forget Wong. 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 I can't forget Wong. 
um, and he's sitting in the library listening on the earphones to Beyonce, reading a book. <coughs> and then you've got Stephen Strange behind him, open up these little portals, nicking books off his shelves as he's going. And then... Yeah. And then one turns round, and then he, he's literally nicked the book right in front of him. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's a very montage, though. Yeah, and then we get this we get this really interesting scene where essentially uh, Dutch Strange gets the Eye Bagamoto, which has the time stone in it, and he uses the apple, which again really good visual visuals by the by the crew that worked on this film with the apple reverting and unreverting, and then going to being rotten to being brand new again. And we get this amazing scene as well where Stephen Strange brings back the page of the book that Kykelius ripped out using the time stone. He brings it back, so it's and he almost reopens uh, where the dark dimension is. He, he almost opens that dimension because he uses the book to, to open it. Um, and then Wong and uh, Mordo are like, no, you can't do that. That'll create ripples and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I assume you're back now. To, I was actually trying to keep talking, so there wasn't like, the air. Yeah, space. sorry. My dad came in, in, into the room asking me if that thing was in the fridge. I don't know. I ain't got a clue what it was. Um, yeah. What well, you should do? He should have just. He should have. He should have just asked Pudsey David Tennant. Um, just yes. flipping all. Was just flipping the audience <laughs> off. Just flipping them off. Just in the background, consistently just flipping us off. Yeah. Look at that. But yeah, yeah. He's, he's actually like peace and peace and love. Um... Peace and love. <laughs> peace and love. No. I was just speaking about the scene, obviously, where he brings the page of the book back and then almost opens the dark dimension before yeah. he gets stopped, obviously, by Mordo and Wong. And we're like, you can't do that. And I'll open the thing to the dark dimension and we'll, we'll all be... We'll so, be yeah, we'll... you, you, they, they should have put a, you know, a, a warning beforehand. Yes. Uh, uh, it's like the, oh, no. But it's like, why wouldn't... Like, let's take it away from the film second. Why wouldn't you put the warnings at the front? It's the freaking dark yeah, exactly. dimension. It's like, uh, let's talk about it. If a younger yeah, warning, student... <laughs> doing this spell could open the dark dimension. Don't do it's it like... if you don't know how. It's like, exactly. It's, it's sort of one of those things where you're like, you sit there and you go, what dipshit, whoever wrote the book, yeah. don't think of the consequences of the spell before writing Unless the book. it was on one of the pages uh, that... Um, uh, the, the the guy nicked. Um well, no, because he brings it back, doesn't it? He brings back the same page using yeah. the stone. So Oh yeah, so, so yeah. He, he then sees it, doesn't he? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, you think they put it in the front of the book. Apparently people, even sorcerers, can't write books properly, for God's sake. Have you ever read a manual yeah. and all the warnings are at the back of the manual? It's like, don't do this. Well, I've already yeah, done that. You know, Stephen was like, "Oh no, I opened the dark dimension," and I did. Didn't didn't you didn't didn't you read the uh, warning signs? No, because they're on the back of the book, you muppets. Yeah, the only thing that should be in the back of the book is the troubleshooting for when it all goes wrong. Um, Yes, how how to stop Dormammu? I don't know. You're fucked. Um, (laughs) Yeah, if I I don't know. I again, it's a funny thing, but it becomes a it becomes a joke at the end of the end of the film because essentially in this film Wong doesn't laugh it's just saying that he just doesn't want to laugh he, until he cracks at the end of the film but again this is again more vagueness there should have been 
a scene where Doctor Strange speaks to the Ancient One about Dormammu, about the Dark Dirge. I'm not saying just straight exposition, but they're all like, you can't do that because this could bring apart the end of days. What does that mean? And what does that look like? You know, it, again, that's the problem is that essentially, mm. they, I don't think they knew how to visualize a lot of the Dormammu stuff. As, even at the end of this film, he's just a face anyway. But like, I feel like they yeah. struggled to know how to visualize it. So they just made it all. They left it up to the viewer's mind, but within that, you can't think of the severity of the situation. Yeah. And I think, especially in Kaikelius's form, it's like, we could have had a back, back a scene with him and his backstory about where he was before he joined Kamataj and what his life was like, just to give us that empathy of why he'd actually want to go for this, um, you know, for, for this with Dormammu. Um, and uh, there's reference to, you know, he finds out about the Ancient One's uh, use of the Dark Dimension, spoilers. Um, but I don't know. It, again, this just seems vague. But we do get this decent fight scene between them in the in the Sanctum Santorum. We find out that Kaikulis has taken over one of the Sanctums. I think London, because, of course, they invade England first, the pricks. Um, and so, yeah, they've got that one. I think and it was Hong Kong, actually. No, Hong Kong's at the end. Hong Kong's the last one. Because it, could... it, 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 it's, it's in Hong Kong first, and then um, yeah. when the whole fight scene goes on, he then finds himself in um, in, in New, York. New York. No, so he's in London, then he goes to New York, and the final's in Hong Kong. Right, okie dokie. Um so yeah, they take over London first. There's a blast. Stephen gets knocked into New York, and he sees the 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 leader of the sanctum gets stabbed. And we get this really really strange sequence of of things where Stephen Strange essentially pardon the pun there. Um... He out yeah he out, yeah pardon the pun actually he out combats um, a lot of these known sorcerers. He must have been doing it for years. And again, this is where the film for me, just goes a bit, I know it's about wizards and things, but even it goes a bit out of my belief. It's like, I know Stephen Change's Metro is a really, yeah, really good character and, and very knowledgeable, but it's like, like he's not done combat before. Like, there's even, like everything we've seen Stephen Strange do is fail. He never gets this moment in the film where he actually fails properly in the, in the line of fighting. It's actually the only thing he does get stabbed in is because another person essentially gets tag team he gets two on one and that's how he loses i i just feel like think about iron man where you have the entire first act in a bit where he's learning not only he gets he's in the cave and he gets out of the cave he doesn't and then immediately become iron man because he has to learn the suit you get that amazing moment where he doesn't exactly know how to use the suit and he like almost dies and he gets it we don't really get that with strange he's more just thrust straight into the action and he just knows what he's doing you know, he doesn't obviously overpower um, Kaikelius, but he overpowers two other wizards. I think he shouldn't have been able to do that. Like, I think if he, if he had somebody yeah. else within, like, Mordo in the scene... It's kind of the same as well with um, uh, Spider-Man. Um, so when he sort of, like, he gets his new suit and it's got all these new functions, but obviously it's in trainer mode. So he's taken off the trainer mode into an advanced mode and then he can't control the bloody suit because it's way too advanced for him. Um, and so he's got bloody like spider legs, and he's got instant like, laser shooting here and everything. Instant kill, uh, instant kill, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so obviously, he'll have to train himself to use it. Um, yeah, I do feel like because they used montage for like 
we don't see Stephen Strange's natural progression from dickhead um, surgeon to sorcerer supreme. I feel like it happens way too quickly. I think that entire scene where he's like taking them out, he has this really cool moment where essentially um, uh, Kaikidis puts them in the mirrorverse and the, the gravity's gone. It's very similar to Inception. I don't know if you've seen, ever seen that before. I don't recommend it. It's a good film that you haven't seen. Um, probably. And, um, you know, they're all flying over the place. Some of, them are on the, some of them are on the ceiling. And there's these doors to like a jungle, a desert, and a wintry place. And Stephen switches yeah. uh, the location so they can't get back. So he gets rid of those guys. But then he gets stabbed. Um, I don't know. It just, for me, like too much was happening at once because they, I think if this were like 10 more yeah, minutes. Yeah, sort of like very much sort of like it, it doesn't stop. It just like pow, this happens, pow, and then that happens on top of that, and pow, and then that happens on top of that. So yeah, it's, it's kind of relentless that the action just doesn't stop. I feel like if this were like five or even 10 more minutes just to have scenes of slow down and, and because mm. the good thing about the first act is that it is so slow and that you learn about the characters and you feel for him and you learn about his every nook and cranny and you know why he is how he is. And I think that's really good. And I think that's why it's a part of the film because this bit sort of, it loses the, the relatability. I mean, I think it's something that this film does wrong, but Captain America, the first Avenger did right, where even when we get to the action bit in the second part of the film, Steve, you see, you still see Steve's progression as a character that never loses even within the action. Whereas with this, it's like Doctor Strange just becomes good at sorcery instantly. Um, he gets the cloak. I suppose that's cool. I suppose. Um, yeah, that's sort of that's sort of like a they they treat it as a big moment, but yeah. It's like it's a cloak because it kind of sort of like it, it it's like a, a cloak that's got a mind of its own also works as a shield uh can also be used as a weapon against people um yeah i th i think it's a good tool for him to have i suppose it helps him yeah. fly um, yeah I, yeah like i said this part of the film is where we um which seems to be a bit oh, but it does come to one of the coolest scenes one of the coolest action sequences where essentially using dr Strange's astral protection he has an astral protection fight whilst christine palmer's like doing surgery on dr strange's actual body and like she can see like lights flickering there, but she can't see anything actually going on i thought that was really cool hmm. but apart from that i think the action is probably my least favorite part of this film Visually, it's interesting, but actually, what you see is very confusing to watch. You sort of don't know where anyone is, and I think that is a, a a thing because of the graphics. Is that it's difficult to follow where people are and who's who. I think because they all dress very similarly as well, apart from Strange, they're all dressed like these old robes mm. and garbs. It's sort of tricky. I to Also, you you saying earlier on um, how it only sort of like takes him something like three months to learn, um, but also that. They, they show this scene where he's been borrowing all these uh, books from the library. He's in bed asleep while he's actually um, astral projecting, reading the books. So he's literally constantly going. He's, he's always on the go. So that's only why it's only taking him that short amount of time to learn. Um, which is great in a way because I'd love to do stuff like that. I, you know, I'd just, love to. I'll, I'll be asleep here and I'll be downstairs doing some DIY. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm one of those people as well that this is weird because I know a lot of people, especially mine, love sleep. I don't really like sleeping too much. I'm not the sort of person that likes naps. I find it like a waste of time. I know your body needs it to sleep, but 
I'm sort of people that's like, well, people are like, oh, I'd love to sleep in till like one to eight, two p.m. I'm like, I know I said I did it the other yesterday, but I always wake up and I go, fuck's sake, it's already one p.m. I'm not like, oh well, let's go yeah. on with the day. It's like, fuck, it's one p.m. You know, like I could have. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like that, and in, in a way that I don't like to sleep the day away, and I don't like to get too much sleep, but at the same time. My my body's just like completely different. It's like no, you know, my I have a lion, extra my, few hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my mind's telling me no, but my body, my body's telling me yes. Sorry, had to had to do that. <laughs> it's it's a music yeah, reference. You you'll appreciate that. You'll put off the listeners. Um... <laughs> I've, I've, I've posted things I've probably said in previous episodes, put off many listeners. Um, so yeah, this film, this film, I think the middle act is where it definitely loses me a lot because a lot happens when you don't. You just have to digest it yourself. You don't learn anything. You essentially the film wants you to keep up with how quick it's going. Like we said, this film's only a hundred minutes. Your average MCU film is over two hours long. So when you put that into consideration. Yeah. It's lost like twenty minutes of its runtime, which it could have used to just explain things a bit better. We're not saying like a Chris Chibnall esque info dump where the characters just say everything you need to learn but show us Kaikinis' background show us him learning the art kind of give us that similar thing to strain because they say they're similar but we don't actually see it because they're very different personalities but they're both very talented in magic but we never really see how quick Kaikinis learned magic even if it was a quick glimpse mm-hmm. of just their similarity because you think of things like uh, for example you think of and you can name a lot of them, whether it's... I mean, all they've basically done is just sort of like... I, I think they've just cut to the chase that, you know, he's the bad guy. Um, so, you know, here's Stephen Strange. And I, 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 don't, I just don't think it works within the context of the other great villains we've had in the MCU. It feels very hollow. Um, you know, I think, that, yeah. I think if this film didn't have the cast, it did. I don't think it'd be anywhere near as good. I think the cast bring everything to it. I think the script actually isn't, is quite lacking in because mm. essentially it's just like we can't be bothered to to tell you anything you just got to kind of keep up and i think yeah the biggest thing for me is is that i still don't really know what kikinis's plan is really to be honest but like, i don't know what his end goal is i know he wants to serve dormammu but where does that put him you know it's like i don't know basically to bring dormammu earth because that's basically just what he wants uh, it's yeah it's like i don't i don't know yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Um, and then we get we get this we get this moment uh, where essentially it's revealed that uh, the ancient one does use the dark art. So Mordo was taken back by this. He's like what? You know, I I've, I've trusted you all my life. I believed in you, and you you've put me in this position. And now I don't know how to feel. My uh, I feel conflicted uh, because I, I I trusted you. You've been my teacher. And essentially, he's he's completely taken aback by it. But Stephen's like, I need you to help me help Hong Kong. At this point, Wong has helped all the army of the sorcerers get ready to battle Hong Kong, but by the time Stephen and Baron Mordo get there, they're already dead, so Stephen uses the time stone to revert everything, and essentially there's this great scene where Kaikilius is like, join me, Stephen! You can join Dharmamu and we can we can fight the world together and we can join it and we can join Dharmamu and uh, Stephen floats off yeah, and so like, screw the- you, I'm off to fight Dharmamu myself. Uh, and then stick him in a, a time loop until he agrees. Dormammu, I've come to bargain. 
I mean, Dol Mamu, like, I mean, he, even that is trippy. I mean, he's, he's, his face just sort of ripples. Voiced um, by Benedict Cumberbatch as well, by the way. So, if you didn't know Oh, that. okay. I, did, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, you, that, when you know it, next time you watch it, you'll pick up on it because you'll be able to hear it. But, um, but yeah, so that seems really clever. I really like that scene. I think it shows Stephen's cleverness because I think that works well. Um, I think, yeah, the Dormammu is essentially he, he's, he's used kind of to become a bit selfless there as well. Yeah, he's caught himself in a time loop. Sort of dying so many times over and over again in this time loop. Yeah. It's it's literally like, um, uh, what, what what's, what's the 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 film uh where the guy lives his life over and over again? Groundhog um, Day. Groundhog Day, yeah, and uh, another Doctor Who reference for you there. Uh, uh, Hell, no, Heaven Sent, uh, where Capaldi yes. is going round and round in the time loop. Dying again and again, you know, for you know two million or years or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So I also think. So yeah, who knows how long he was in that time loop for? Yeah, uh, I think that's a really clever ending. Like the fact that he essentially just bores the villain to death. The villain's like, I can't be asked anymore, and he essentially give his his bargain is you can do what you want, leave out alone. Um, and essentially, Kykilius and his goons get get what they want. They get taken up into the dark dimension but they essentially get their skin taken away and they become husks and that's the end of the film but Mordo walks away and he's like I can't do it anymore um, there is a little scene with him though at the end but um, he's like I can't do it anymore and that's the end of the film Stephen becomes the Sorcerer Supreme that's it I mean I did yeah. kind of gloss over the fact that Tilda Swinton dies. I have a feeling that there's I have a feeling there's something that's going to happen probably in the, the next Doctor Strange film because where he's now that that guy's now left and then uh so in that last scene he then goes to uh the, the guy who was basically uh, in a wheelchair a, li- literally you know a walking cripple u- using his uh abilities to walk um uh, to then have his power literally just taken away from him if he can do just go and because he's oh you're abusing your power you know and it wasn't the way that he i mean it, it was like he just sort of like get away from him and the way he spoke to him looked like that he might possibly be the next bad guy that was what he's going to do next because yeah, I th- he's going around taking away power from other people power you know so maybe he's gaining power from other Mate, will he be this bad guy in the next one? It makes it you wonder. It does indeed. Uh, yeah, I think we know he's coming back. I think Wanda Maximoff is mm. tilted to be the villain of this one um, in the next one. But I'm fairly sure Mordo will do some stuff. I quickly need to say that obviously the ancient one dies. Um, but it's a scene that's essentially used for no purpose because she essentially just goes, I was wrong, lol. And that's kind of her exit, which again, I feel is a bit weak. She goes, I was a hypocrite, lol, I'm dead. And so, that, so yeah. Yeah. And all the sort of, like, she, she's been predicting or trying to see the future for years and 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 all she's seen is basically 
the time that she dies and she can't see any point past that um which is a sort of like a kind of interesting way of saying okay i know i'm dying now and this is how it ends yeah it's a, it's um, an interesting it's an interesting way of looking at it yeah But that's the end of the film. We get a post-credit scene, which essentially is just a scene from Thor Ragnarok, so we'll leave that alone. That essentially was when you're in the cinema, yeah. get excited, because Doctor Strange is going to be in Thor Ragnarok, um, which at that point wasn't yeah. confirmed, so that was sort of... There's no real purpose to that one, because when I get around to reviewing Thor Ragnarok with Beef in however many weeks, what is it, six weeks away? I think it's three films down the line. Um, we'll get to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the second scene, that like you said, is more about Mordo, and he's come to he's come to this conclusion that there are too many sorcerers, and he takes away uh, that guy's that guy's power. Yeah, just I think overall this film is set up to be so so good, like one of the best MCU films. I think the first 45, 50 minutes is really good, and then it glosses over a lot of stuff, and you sort of have to try and keep up, and it's sort of. You're enjoying what you're seeing, but you don't really know what's going on or the implications of what's going on, and you sort of have to just enjoy it. And it's tricky. I think as well, especially when Marvel have had so many good moments where, for, for example, throughout Infinity War and Endgame, where you know Thanos' plan and you sort of empathise with it because you know every single nook and cranny of why he's doing what he's doing, what the end goal is, why he wants yeah. to do it. I think this is just the complete opposite of that, where there's villains, but you don't know why they're villains, what why they're led to this point, what happened to them. It just it's all a bit too quickly glossed over. So I think that's where this film falls out for me. But overall, it's a lot better than I thought it would. Be what would you give out of ten, though, Owen? Uh, I would give it a eight. I'm gonna go for a six point five. I think. Ooh, six point five. I think on the I think because again if you ask me do you if you ask me do you want to watch an MCU film I don't think I'd ever pick Doctor Strange I think for I know you said you probably would but for me I think mm. if someone said we're going to watch Doctor Strange I wouldn't be against it I wouldn't be like oh no not Doctor Strange I'd be like all right cool but I wouldn't pick it myself you know so it's not a bad mm. film but it's just not a film that I would go back to especially when the MCU is a lot better to offer in my opinion anyway um but yes owen thank you so much uh for joining me anything on shout out who shop wise and all that kind of shiz before we talk about uh, next cop the merch uh <laughs> any any new merch yeah, you can I, reveal I, by um um i mean obviously you know there's there's you know just the regulars the doctor who magazines the figurine collections there's loads of back issues available um so if you've got any gaps in your collections check out the who shop uh and uh yeah plug your gaps insert kenneth williams gift here um, yeah, I don't, yeah oh don't, do you know what we haven't mentioned what have we not mentioned well what happened about a week and a half ago what what, what where, where did you go oh yeah we went to phantom yeah, oh, how was phantom? phantom was great um yeah it was Who really good see? I saw the lovely Katie Manning. Um, there's going to be somebody. How and how lovely is she? She's fabulous. She's one of the best women's of all, best women's best women of all time. <laughs> um, 
she's so good she that really i can't is. speak english um yeah no, she's fabulous i will make a video about it and even i think on the next doctor podcast when we're together by the way do you remember what we're meant to be reviewing next because i can't remember it was between the god complex at the end of the horns and i but we changed it i don't know what we changed it to was it curse of black spot <laughs> I, don't I think know. it was. I sure. can't remember. I have, to, I have to go back and watch Diamonds, but Owen will be back even maybe in a couple of weeks' time. Next, Who knows? Well, I'll see what plans I've got, who wants to review what, yeah. and I'll come back and I'll let Owen know, hey, Owen, you watch Curse of Black Spot. So there'll be something next week. Look, the Horns of Diamond Watch Long and the Witch, Witch Finders Watch Long, which you both have been filmed, will be out on the YouTube channel as soon as I can edit them. The Watch Longs take a bit of time to edit because essentially when people get drunk, they have to go for a piss, or they have to like, you know, or they have to like, or they say something that possibly they don't want actually to go out on the internet because they forget they're being filmed and they're drunk. So I have to listen back, edit them out. The good thing about Zoom recording is, is that I can literally go to every individual person and get their tracks and edit them out. So even if they speak over somebody and to cut it out. So, but there are sometimes people say things, well, they probably, I, I haven't asked them, but if, if I said, look, you said this, they'd be like, oh, edit that out. So it's very tricky, especially with Honda Diamond. It's the first classic one, which is about an hour and 50, like an hour and a half long. Most of the watch songs like 45 Something minutes. Like that. Yeah. And a lot of them is just the words weakling scum. It's, yeah, yes, it's, 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 it's scum. So, yes, uh, we'll be back soon. Uh, we'll be back soon on the channel speaking about. Uh, a Doctor Who story. I can't remember which one it is. Black, Black Spot. I think like it is. I'll double check. Yeah, actually, yeah I, I know it was definitely Curse of the Black Spot because, yeah, um, when you did, like, uh, the, the randomizer thing and you were like, oh, well, it's uh, another Series 6 story. And I just went, is it Curse of the Black Spot? Just like just like that. <laughs> and I don't know how I just guessed it, like, you know, so instantly. But, yeah. I mean, Owen, would you? Yeah, uh, I've got. I, at this point, I haven't got any plans. Uh, would you want to nip it in the bud and come back next so you can review Curse of Black Spot anyway? Forty-five minutes. I've got no plans, so you may, may as well. Uh, well, uh, probably not right now. Uh, Obviously, but, I'm not saying. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying review it right now. I'm saying. Oh, okay. Next week, oh, I no. right. I'm saying. I'm saying next week's show. Come back next week. I have no plans. I've got yeah. no format. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. for next, yeah. for next week's show, Owen will be back again. We'll talk Curse of the Black Spot. Yeah. And then after that, John will be back as we talk about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. That's the plan. Because the MCU is every other week. And then I'll bring somebody. We got to do Peter Cushion movie. I know McCauley is hounding me about doing the second Peter Cushion movie. So oh, I'm up back against. Uh, oh, so about... I was hounding you about the first one. Now McCauley is hounding you about the second one. He's, <laughs> obviously, obviously, me and McCauley were like, we might not enjoy it. Uh, but then we didn't. We did rather and actually enjoy the first one. So he really wants a second one, but obviously he doesn't want to watch it and then have to rewatch it for podcast. The second one's better. So he's like, so he's like, can we do it on the podcast soon so I can watch it, please? So yeah, so Owen will be back next week, then John, and then possibly Owen and Macaulay again, and then Macaulay again for Spider Man. So it's all kicking off, all kicking off of the podcast. But until then, guys, stay classy, have a good rest of your week. Don't get cancelled on Twitter, please, for the love of Christ. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll see you guys soon. Take care, peace and love. Take care.